0: Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep?
1: Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference.
0: Yes, otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 experience helping families with everything from bringing a newborn home, to toddler tantrums, to dealing with both at the same time. (laughs) I'm Siobhan Hunt. Chris, welcome again. Thank you for being here. That's a pleasure. If you've got a question for Chris, be sure to email us. It's conversation at kindling.com.au. We're going to kick off this morning with Renee. She says, I have a seven-month-old who's always been a horrible sleeper, short naps and wakes often at night. After months of struggling, we finally got to a point where he could lay, we could lay him down at nap time and he would fall asleep on his own. About a month ago, since he started rolling and crawling, he won't go down easy. We have regressed by helping him settle in our arms. He would move around in his cot and get stuck, so we had to go in and help him, but that would result in screams and he would not settle unless we rocked him a bit until he was calm, close to sleeping, then we would lay him back down. He has also started sleeping on his belly. He has never slept through the night. He still wakes about two to three times. What a good nights, he wakes once doing the happy dance, apparently. <laughs> we try to settle, but it won't always work, and I end up breastfeeding him, and most of the time he um, feeds for about five to 10 minutes his day and night sleeps are so inconsistent which makes it hard to plan a day well and makes me anxious if we do have plans because I hate waking him never wake a sleeping baby I totally get that I have tried getting him on a schedule but it never stuck because he will have a morning or lunch nap of two hours one day and then 20 to 45 minutes the next day he has three meals of solid food and about four breastfeeds during the day He's very distracted during the day, so sometimes he doesn't have much milk during the day, but he's doing very well on solids. He averages about two to three hours sleep during the day and usually wakes around 6 to 6.30 in the morning, which means bedtime is around 6 to 6.30 on most days, depending how his afternoon nap went.
1: Well, he's not doing too bad, and it can be a real struggle when you have a baby who's not sleeping well and it's quite inconsistent. So I think you've got all the basis there. I think you've got good food, you've got good feeds in the day. So you're at a point now that he's got a lot older where consistency is the thing that you're doing. So generally with a seven-month-old, he's awake for about two and a half hours, then about three hours, then three hours. So he's on it or three and a half. So he's on two sleeps in the day. One's usually around that mid-morning, you know, around that nine o'clock window. One's usually after lunch at about that one o'clock window, give or take how well he slept. I think as a parent, and especially as the baby's getting older, that you allowing him the consistency to be able to sleep is all that you can control. So you can control the environment, you can make him warm, you can cool him down, you can give him his food, you can make sure at the time he's tired you can put him down. The difficult thing is we can't control how long they sleep for. So I think as long as you're doing all of the reasonable behaviours and you're as consistent as possible, and from what he's said, you've tried lots of things. So sometimes he gets a breastfeed overnight, sometimes he gets um, patted, sometimes he gets picked up and rocked. And so what we want to do is formulate all these into a consistent pattern for him and then keep with him at it. So, um, you know, taking him into his room, calming him down, maybe reading him a story now he's got older, darkening the blinds or darkening, dimming the room and putting him down in the bed so he knows that's where he's going to sleep. Okay, I think that's the first one. He's at the age where he rolls around and soon he'll be able to pull to stand. So as he rolls around, think about how he goes to sleep when you rock him in your arms. So is that a rocking motion or a patting motion that you do with him? So giving him a few minutes. um, And as you said, they usually are on their front now. They're moving around, so they're in a sleeping bag. So at the time where you go back in, maybe putting a hand on him and rocking his body in that similar motion to what you do in his arms, will be the start point for him to realise that he's going to bed in in his bed and that you're able to do that. Now, the problem with that is they scoot all around the cot... And our arms are only so long. <laughs> yes. So sometimes we have to pick him up, give him a tiny bit of reassurance, you're okay, and then put him back down. So when that reassurance ends up going to sleep in your arms, that's sometimes where the, the message gets confused. So it's not that you can't pick him up, but when you pick him up, it's for reassurance, then put him back down and continue to give him some rock and a pat and see if we can change this pattern around for you. Good luck. Yes. Good luck with that, Renee. This is Kindling Helpline
0: with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation, where we take your questions about parenting and put them to Chris with over 30 years of experience as a Mothercraft nurse helping families of all over the country. She knows what she can do to help you. She can tweak things, make it easier for you. You can email us at conversation at if you have a question. We have another one from Helen. My 10-month-old has had ongoing issues with constipation. Prior to solids, started around five and a half months. He had reduced bowel motions, average one per week. On starting solids, he easily became constipated with irregular, very hard stools, which were painful and difficult to pass. We've been to the GP at about seven to eight months, who prescribed Movicol for six mm-hmm. weeks, which helped. But after the six weeks, we were back to square one. I'm very careful about his diet but struggling to figure out the triggers. Lots of vegetables, not potatoes, and fruit and meat, but very limited wheat, pasta, bread, etc. limited dairy. Drinking lots of water and breast milk. He's happy to eat everything and anything. Just wondering if you have any advice as to what I'm missing or where to go for help to try and get to the cause of his constipation rather than just treatment. We've seen a GP in Cairo. We live in regional Queensland. So what are some general constipation triggers in infants or breastfeeding mothers' diets?
1: I don't think it's got to do with the diet of the breastfeeding mother. Um, I think that when you see this chronic constipation, it's actually about the baby's gut. It's not about the level of food because that's a really easy one. So, you know, we've got a happy, healthy, big baby, feeding really well, whether breast or bottle fed, um, and then in solids are introduced, they do Okay. But there's very little information about how much solid, so sometimes we can overfeed them and they become constipated. We pull the food back, everything goes back to normal. So that's, I think, a normal development of a baby. But when we get this chronic constipation, which is sort of what she's describing, is that um, that's more about their gut and how their gut is functioning, not necessarily what you're putting into the gut. And those chronic babies, they usually end up at somewhere like a paediatric gastroenterologist to really nut out what's going on for them. And often they end up on long-term, like Movicol or something along those lines. And sometimes it it can take a few of them. I find that when they get older and they're walking around and the bowels move in a a different way, they do better. But I think if it's chronic, like um, what you have suggested, then you have to go back to your GP and she might refer you on to a paediatric gastroenterologist. I don't think it's about whether he ate broccoli last night or not. I think it's bigger than that. Okay, so where she says, um,
0: try and get to the cause of the constipation yep. rather than just the treatment. Yeah, that's, that's right. what a gastro. That's right, paediatric, paediatric gastro- gastroenterologist <laughs> yes. would do. They Say that look, ten times. they look
1: at it, and 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 it's usually you know some sort of gut immaturity. But, and there's many versions of that, so it's it's talking to someone bigger than me, but understanding mm. that it's probably bigger than what you're feeding him.
0: Oh goodness, Helen! I hope that's not a hard thing to find in regional <laughs> Yes, Queensland. I think
1: it's a trip to Brisbane. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, hopefully that helps you, Helen. She's also a paediatric occupational therapist. Ah,
1: so uh-huh. deals so, with it in
0: older children, but just can't get a f- well. It's it's similar.
1: Arrive. We we do treat it the same as we do with the older children. So okay. I think even if she could do a Skype call to someone, they might Mm -hmm. be able to give us some points that really work so I think it's worth her investigating a little bit more and I don't think it's about what she's necessarily doing for that little one I think it's more about what's going on for him in his gut yeah all right good luck with that
0: Helen Paola has a question my six-month-old baby sleeps okay while in my bed but as soon as I try to put her in her cradle (laughs) she wakes up straight away crying any advice she used to sleep pretty much all night a month ago
1: in her cot or in mum's bed? That's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> so I think if she's going in a cradle and she's six months, she's probably too big for a cradle. So it might be a space issue. So often if you take a big six-month-old and put them into a cradle, their arms move out, they hit the sides and they wake themselves up. So that could be one cause, you know, maybe moving the cradle out and moving the cot in might might help her do that. And the other thing is, as we always speak about, is the message she gets. So if she always ends up in the bed, which comfy cozy and near a nice warm body then when she goes into her cot um she feels a little bit isolated and a little bit you know too much space around her so I think this is one of those things where and it's what I find is the most difficult is going for a child who sleeps in the bed with their parents and wanting them to sleep in a cot. So I would do this in graded steps and I'd start with the days and, and put it down in her cot in the days and work with her padding, rocking, shushing, picking up, comfort and down again. Similar to what we mentioned about reteaching them to sleep. And then you've got to take a little breath one weekend and we've got to keep putting her in the cot. Whether that cot is beside you or in her room, that's up to the, you know what you feel comfortable with but she's sort of getting a very mixed message because your bed is always going to be far more comfortable the other version is just buy a bigger bed so everyone's much <laughs> more comfortable in the bed and uh-huh. eventually when she's three she'll probably get out of it now I know that's not the answer but you've got to work about you've got to work out what you can be most consistent with and what's going to work for your family so go from co-sleeping, independent sleeping, that's a big leap but can be done. We've just got to set it out for you and you've got to be consistent with it. I have heard king-size beds are awesome. Yeah.
0: (laughs) This is Kindling Helpline (laughs) with MotherCraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation where we take your questions about parenting and put them to Chris. With over 30 years experience as a MotherCraft nurse helping families all over the country if it's happening in your family she can help. So if you're listening to the podcast, email us during the week at conversation at kindling.com.au. Kindling Helpline will be right back after this. This is Kindling Helpline with MotherCraft nurse Chris Minogue. Our next question comes from Jacksha. My two-and-a-half-year-old still doesn't go to bed alone. We have to put her to sleep and pat her. Any advice? Also, she never listens to us. She's been so naughty recently, (laughs) always getting up to mischief. It's just been really hard because I'm 30 weeks pregnant. Oh. Toddlers are a nightmare when you're pregnant Yeah.
1: Well, toddlers are hard work at the best of times, let Mm -hmm. alone 30 weeks pregnant when you're getting tired and bigger. So um, the first thing is I wouldn't make major changes. With a baby coming um, from about 35 weeks on, I wouldn't make major changes. So whatever changes we're going to make, we're going to make in the next couple of weeks. Then you're going to have to hold for a little bit, have your next newborn, and then whatever's left over we can help you with after that little one's a little bit older, like six weeks old. But the big one is that you can't get her to sleep. So um, one, you need to look at her day. So as a a two-and-a-half-year-old, I'd probably only be giving her a one-hour nap in the day. I'd have her awake by 2 o'clock, and I'd be put into bed by 730 So about five to five and a half hours after she wakes up. So let's see if the timing would help get her to sleep. And the next part is the behaviour. You've probably been patting for a while now. Um, So what we need to do is reduce the patting. And one of our common things that we do is that, um, especially for a two and a half year old, we put her down in her room, you know, all the normal routine, giving her kiss, cuddle. She's had stories, cleaned her teeth, all of those little rituals. And they're keen on rituals. So make sure you give enough time. So if I want her in bed at 7.30, I'm starting this at 7. 7, I'm cleaning her teeth, you know, nappy, she's probably used to wearing a night nappy, Um, then a little story, and then we're going to pull out our golden card that we use a lot here, which is the Bedtime Explorers, and this is where she can lay down and she can listen to um, the Bedtime Explorers that help her calm down, slow down. And what we could do is you could say, well, mummy will sit on the end of the bed so that you stopped physically patting her um, while you listen to the Bedtime Explorers, which is a meditation for children to help them relax and go to sleep. So then I would move the chair to the doorframe and then I would say to her you listen to it and mummy will come back and give you a kiss goodnight so slowly we're withdrawing you out of the room but always remember to go back and do the kiss. And weirdly, you might find she falls asleep when she slows down, listens. Um, One of my friends, her two-year-old now says, I'm not doing the deep breathing because she (laughs) knows she'll fall asleep after the deep breathing. She's aware of the sequence. So give it a try and that might help. I'd make that change first because her behaviour might settle down when she's sleeping better. And then, you know, there's lots of two-and-a-half-year-old behaviours and please feel free to call back and we can then look at what else might be going on for you. And Jack, um,
0: what Chris is talking about, it's a podcast, Bedtime Explorers. You can get it for free on the Kindling app or wherever you get your podcasts. So um, you can check it out. There's two seasons, lots of things to listen to. Our next question comes from Artie. My eight-month-old does not sleep more than two and a half hours at night when he wakes up, feeds a tiny bit, and wants to be held or just starts playing in his crib. Tired, mum ends up co-sleeping. How can I help him sleep longer at night? We sleep in the same room, him being in the crib and me on the bed. Should I be leaving him alone in the room? Uh,
1: I, th- I think it's worth part of the process because maybe he is aware now that he's eight months old. He pops up, he sees you there, so he really gets up. The Whether you stay in the room or don't stay in the room is more about where you're at than where he's at he's certainly at a safe age to be in his room on his own but then there's the behavior about the sleep anyway Um, I just think that at eight months he's probably seeing you across the room and pointing at you as if to say can you come over here and do something for me And eight-month-olds do wake up often and do play and then put themselves to sleep. So you might be reacting to the noise in the room, of which is pretty normal for an eight-month-old. So there's that part, as well as his learned history of not being able to sleep well. So let's look at him going to sleep first and giving him the cues about going to sleep, you know, making sure the room's dim popping him in giving him a little chance to go to sleep on his own going back and um patting and settling him down maybe a little cuddle if he gets worked up and then putting him back in his bed again and then giving him a little while longer and to do that effectively I think you need to be out of the room because I think it's actually hard for a parent to be in a room when a baby's crying for a minute or two or even three minutes or four minutes because you're both there looking at each other so that's part of it um And so I think it's about the consistency, two sleeps in the day. And the good thing about him being eight months is he doesn't need a feed at night. So it's very easy to get rid of the feed because you're going to change the behaviours around settling him. So he may as well get rid of that feed as well. So the first thing is you need to sit down with your partner and discuss whether you're ready to leave the room. Um, the second thing is we need a consistent pattern for him. So putting him in, give him a few minutes to try and settle, go back in pat um, if he gets too distressed, give him a cuddle, put him back down again. And then with consistency, it should start to get better and better. So it's it's, it's not going to be easy, but I think if you have a consistent pattern to follow, then it's de- he's definitely going to make improvements and it takes him about five days to make those improvements. So we've got to have five spare days in our life to, to be able to do this. But once it's done, by it's goodness, done. it's worth it.
0: <laughs> this is Kindling Helpline with Mother Craft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversations where we take your questions about parenting and put them to Chris and Chris of course has stacks of experience over 30 years I can't imagine how many babies that means she's helped um, so she knows a thing or two about how you might be able to tweak things within your family to make life a bit easier you can always email us during the week at conversation at kindling au Therese says our 20 month old son has started waking at 5am sometimes earlier after one to two hours sleep in the day and going To bed at 7 pm. He's hard to settle at 5 am, so often we just get him up. Is this normal or do we need to tweak something? We're also conscious of daylight savings coming soon. Will that make things harder? Any advice on daylight saving adjustments? We love your show. Thanks
1: in advance. (laughs) In this case, Daylight saving is going to be your friend because we're moving forward. So that means your five o'clock will be six o'clock. Yay. So I think (laughs) if in this case, I just hang on 10 days till we swap the clock over and I would wait for daylight saving to fix it because that five o'clock will end up being six o'clock. You get him up at six o'clock, which will be six o'clock on the Sunday, and then just have a completely normal day and put him to bed at seven that night. And let's see if the clock's changing is your biggest help at this point. So we're moving forward in the clock. So I think for everybody, this is going to feel better. It's worse when it goes backwards because that would mean he was getting up at four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Yes. So at the moment, if, if you can cope for 10 days, I would just hang on and let time to do the thing you're looking for. So the only problem is, is if he wakes up at six on the Sunday, you put him down at seven and he wakes up at five the next morning, then I would do the resettling until the point of where you want him to get up, which would be any time after six. But let's see and cross our fingers and toes that the clock's moving is just the easiest way to fix this one. So let's say he does... Wake up at six once the clocks move.
0: Yep. Do you, you then just keep the time as when you get yeah, to the Yeah, that's right. So
1: he is twenty months, isn't he? Yep. So I would probably put a twenty month old down at about twelve thirty and I'd get him up at two and I would put him down to bed somewhere between seven and seven thirty. That would be the right timing for him then to sleep through till six in the morning. So the other thing she could check in the meantime is what time is she putting him down in the afternoon? How late is he sleeping? Because From when he wakes up, he needs five to five and a half hours before he goes back down. So if he's waking at three and she's putting him to bed at seven and he's been a good little bub and he's going down at seven, at five o'clock in the morning, he's just wide awake because he's had so much sleep towards the end of the day. So you could look at that factor, but I think daylight saving is going to be your friend in this case. I love hearing that. <laughs> yeah. Sasha
0: says my four and a half month old sleeps well at night without rocking, goes down easily, but not during the day. That's we'll, right. Will only sleep if rocked, and is a real fight. Then will only sleep for short cycles. It's is it bad to keep rocking? What else should I? Could
1: I try during the day? Well, the good thing it has hasn't affected your nights, so you cross all your fingers and toes. The the um, part that's normal is that frequent waking at four and a half months. So the rockiness such isn't bad as long as you're not continuously rocking them to sleep. So what I think you need to consider is just rocking till calm, and then maybe adding a little pat, so you can reduce the movement, and then actually just calming the baby and letting them self settle. So. I am sure you have tried this, but four to five months is really difficult at settling babies in the day. But if you stick at it, it can't, you come out the other end and it works. And if you keep going, your arms are just going
0: to get really yeah, sore. So Speaking
1: from someone who
0: l- did that. Literally
1: just rock <laughs> till they're calm, quiet and sleepy. Don't rock them to sleep and that alone is going to help you stay in the right mode for over the next couple of weeks, but it will take a couple of weeks. I think this is one of those things in parenting. you just got to put your hard yards in, but you come out the other side and it works. Mm -hmm. I I did get stronger arms, though. I had great guns.
0: (laughs) Biceps are good. (laughs) Uh, Joanne says, My two-and-a-half-year-old daughter always wakes in the middle of the night, sometimes throws tantrums,
1: and is very hard to settle. What do I do? So she's two and a half. Mm. I think you have to distinguish whether they're tantrums or night terrors or nightmares. And that, that in itself is a bit of a dilemma. And also look at her sleep in the day. So she's two and a half. She'd probably only be having somewhere between 40 minutes and an hour. Um, she probably needs some sleep because she's losing a bit of sleep at night. But if she's having a lot of sleep in the day and late into the day, it could be the reason that the degree of tantrum is happening at night. So one look at her sleep in the day, I'd probably have her up by two so you can have her comfortably going down between 7 and 7.30. Then when she wakes, um, why is she waking? So if she's calling out to you, mommy, mommy, or I need milk or something like that, that means she's just wide awake. It's not a nightmare. It's not a night terror. Um, But then it could be one of the others and some of the reason for why that happens is they're overtied. So you've got this really knock-on effect. You get overtied, these behaviours happen. So look at the whole picture, not just the tantrum at night. Once she's having the tantrum at night, there's not a lot you can do about it. She's got to get through the tantrum, you've got to give her the comfort, and then you've got to put her down to sleep again. If she's calling out for milk and water and I need to get up and lots of them at two and a half point to the TV and want to go out there and lots of parents in their complete stupor go out there and turn the television on. Oh, my goodness. So just remember that to look at her day sleep and her day pattern and then be consistent with what you're doing and they should settle down. Good luck, Joanne.
0: And please feel free to call us sometime if um, you want some further advice. We want to give us some more information about what is happening around the tantrums or the wake-ups. We have time for one more question. This comes from Caroline. My almost 26-month-old has started giving us a problem going to sleep at night in his crib. He's very big for his age, and we thought maybe he's ready for a big boy bed. So tonight we set it up next to the crib, and he hopped right in, but wouldn't let us leave the room. (laughs) My husband stayed in the chair in his room, and when he went to leave 45 minutes later, we watched him sit up and then lay down and fall asleep. Is there any easy way to transition or a good way to do it so he doesn't rely on us to stay until he's asleep? He's always been a good sleeper and goes into his crib no problem awake. But there's more. <laughs> I also have a five-year-old who I put to bed while my husband puts the little one to bed. But the little one is asking for me at bedtime, and this makes my big one upset. So it's like a circus at bedtime <laughs> and well after 9 p.m. before either is oh asleep. Oh, goodness. Tonight is night three, and we tried the bed. He's exhausted and just can't fall asleep in the bed. Yeah. It's almost like he's scared of it. We stay with him, but he sit, just sits there. Last night took an hour and he was up a few times crying at night. So tonight we gave it a try, but ended up putting him in the crib and he passed out. What That's right. to do now?
1: Well, anybody who knows me really now well would know that um, I don't think they're ready for bed. Children are ready for bed until two and a half. So the very first thing i tell you is put him back in his cot. That's what he's looking for. So let's get him back in the cot and get everything to settle down. The second thing is putting a two-year-old and a five-year-old to bed at the same time usually doesn't occur and that's why it feels so chaotic. So a two-year-old will go to bed around that to seven to a quarter past seven, that sort of window. A five-year-old might not be going to bed until about 7.30. So I think it's probably also that they both can feel that everything's been rushed in that moment. And so I think if you pull back a little bit and maybe you both do the two-year-old into of someone takes him in, reads him a story, the other person comes in, gives him a kiss and cuddle and puts him to bed. Life will be so much easier. Then come out, take a little breath and turn around and do exactly the same thing with your five-year-old. So I think maybe the two-year-old's catching on that mum's always in that room and not in with me, that'd be the first thing. I think he's too young for a bed if he's reacting the way he's reacting. And I haven't found many two-year-olds that are perfect to go into bed. They get up and walk out. They're not silly. They see you walking out. They get up and they walk out as well because they're not laterally there to, to understand, to lay down and go to sleep. So put him back in his cot, which is what he knows and feels more secure to him, and change the timing that you're putting them to bed and cross your fingers that that would work. I think that's what's going on. There's too much going on and you've asked him to do something quite complicated, a little bit too young.
0: All right, and then if, if it doesn't work going back into the crib, get back to us yeah. and we can and Chris can help further. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you, everyone, for your questions. That's all we have time for in Kindling Helpline. Chris, thanks so much for your time. Always a pleasure. You can get in touch with your questions during the week by emailing us at conversation at kindling.com.au. And don't forget that all of Chris's advice from Kindling Helpline is available for free in the Kindling app under Stuff for Grown-Ups. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty
1: more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.